0: Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John in chapter 18. It begins with Jesus being arrested. We read about this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas, the traitor, was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? You'll remember from Matthew chapter 26 that Jesus told Peter, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? You'll remember from Luke chapter 22 that Jesus then touched the man's ear and healed him. Jesus is then taken to Annas. It says the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. And then we move on to Peter's first denial. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest he went with jesus into the high priest's courtyard but peter had to wait outside at the door the other disciple who was known to the high priest came back spoke to the girl on duty there and brought peter in you are not one of the disciples are you the girl at the door asked peter he replied i am not it was cold and the servants and officials stood around the fire they had made to keep warm Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Now the high priest questions Jesus. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. So Jesus replied, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Anna sent him still bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Peter's second and third denials. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he was asked, You are not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. The final section of this chapter is Jesus before Pilate. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early in the morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. So he's the Roman governor, and he's saying, handle this amongst the the Jewish officials and under the Jewish law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate jesus answered you are right in saying i am a king in fact for this reason i was born and for this i came into the world to testify to the truth everyone on the side of truth listens to me what is the truth pilate asked with this he went out again to the jews and said i find no basis for a charge against him but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the passover do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Now, you'll remember from our Passover discussion, Barabbas is a name that means son of the father, Bar Abbas. And so he is literally, in the physical form, named the son of the father, taking the place of of all of us, standing, being condemned, being found guilty, and yet Jesus, the Son of the Father, takes our place. Moving on to chapter 19, Jesus is sentenced to be crucified. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe And went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, king of the Jews. And they struck him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I am bringing him out to you, to let you know I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Pilate is famous for saying that he washes his hands of this situation. He does not want Jesus' death on his head. The Jews insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus but jesus gave him no answer do you refuse to speak to me pilate said do you realize i have power to either free you or crucify you jesus answered you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin from then on pilate tried to set jesus free But the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a palace known as the Stone Pavement. In Aramaic, that is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And then moving on to the crucifixion. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarments remaining. This is what was prophesied in Psalm 22. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened to fulfill the scripture that might be fulfilled which said they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. That's Psalm 22. So this was what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. So Jesus was referring here to his mother and John, and John then took care of Jesus' mom. Then the death of Jesus. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips when he received the drink, Jesus said, "It is finished." With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found he was already dead. They did not break the legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man saw it, has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also believe these things happened, that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. That's from Zechariah chapter 12. It says, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. And they will mourn for him, as one mourns for an only child, and grieves bitterly for him, as one grieves for a firstborn son. We also find in Psalm 34, it's spoken about his bones not being broken. Finally, the burial of Jesus. It says, later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance to the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. That finishes chapter 19, and we will pick up next time in John chapter 20 and 21 and finish the Gospel of John.